I love it when we get to clapping like that in church. It's hard, really hard for me to stay on beat, though. So much so that as soon as we started singing, I had to stop clapping to be able to sing. I hate that, that I'm like that, but so good for us to be here on Christmas Eve to take just a few minutes. I mean, this is a, this is a short service. This is the shortest service that we have here all year long. This service is shorter than the Good Friday service. Usually our services are an hour or more. This is a short one because we know at Christmas time there's a lot going on. While it is brief, it packs a punch. It is very meaningful. This may be the most meaningful service that we have here all year long. We enjoy this. Those that attend really enjoy it. There's just something about making Christmas about Christ. There really is. I intentionally prayed in the opening that Jesus is the reason for the season. And I hate that being like cliche and on signs and bumper stickers and magnets and things like that. Because then it becomes kind of watered down. You've heard that before. But I love anything that helps me and you and us make Christmas about Christ. This service certainly does that. This year, Christmas falls on a Sunday. And I was informed this week that that won't happen again for 11 years. So it'll be 2033, the next time Christmas is on a Sunday. I'm thankful for that. And in case anybody was wondering... We will have church in here tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning we'll be back here for anybody that can make it. Tonight at our Christmas Eve service, I want to look at one little thing. We don't have points tonight. You're not getting a long message. I want to draw your attention to where Luke chapter 2 takes us. Uh, At the beginning of December, we asked our church to make sure sometime over the month of December that we read... Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. These are the only chapters in the Bible that go over the birth of Christ in detail. They're really good, but it's just four chapters. Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. And so we've been reading those this month and they've been really good. As we were singing, we read through Luke leading us up to this passage. But the passage I opened the service with is Luke 2, 8 through 10. This is right after Jesus is born. So a lot of the stuff leads up to Jesus being born, right? Mary's told, Joseph is told, then you got what happens with Elizabeth and Zechariah. But this is right after Jesus is born. He's born in a manger. He was wrapped in swaddling cloths and There was no place for them in the end, the Bible says. So then an announcement comes, an incredible announcement. It is really, it is hard for any communicator 
It is hard for any preacher, any minister, to emphasize enough accurately how grand this announcement was. We would all do well to stop a little bit and think on that. It says that the first people God told, informed, let know, are the shepherds. That's a sermon in and of itself. It wasn't the White House that was informed. It wasn't the king that was informed. It wasn't the schools. It was the shepherds. Verse 9 says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Shepherds out in their fields in the middle of the night. And in verse 10, the angel says this, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Next verse says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The Savior of the world has been born. There's all sorts of questions that the shepherds had to think about. What? The Savior's finally here? After hundreds of years, thousands of years, the shepherd's here? What's he like? Well, he's a baby. He's a baby. We didn't know that he was coming like that. See, so many things like that were unknown it's an announcement that we can not exaggerate enough it's a pronouncement in the night sky that you and I want to focus on but tonight I want to look at one little piece of that good news of great joy that will be for all the people folks Christmas is for everyone Because the meaning of Christmas is that God kept all of his promises and sent his Savior for the whole world. Christmas is for all the people. It says that in Luke 2.10. The first people to ever hear about Christmas, Jesus being born, were the shepherds. And they were told it's for all the people. What is for all the people? That there is a Savior, that He has come, that He was born, that He's been born. What is for all the people? That the Savior is here. That message, the Christmas message, is for all people. We struggle with that. It seems like year after year, especially the past several years that we've had between all that's gone on, we've gotten... More and more into boxing people in or categorizing people or labeling people. And and that's not always judgmental. That's not always negative or critical. It's just observation. But we, we really do that. We really do that. Religious people do that too. It's remarkable how often we think people are these types of people or those types of people. And our Christmas passage tonight in Luke 10 would have us refocus, recenter our thoughts and our feelings on what Christmas is really about. Christmas is an announcement for all the people. The Bible tries, if you'll listen to it, tries really, really hard to get us to see this. The New Testament begins with a really long genealogy. 
a long one. This morning, I was sitting down with my youngest, Liliana, and I said, well, let's, let's read the Bible together. And so she pulls it out, and she said, what should I read? And I said, why don't you start at Matthew chapter 1? So she turns to Matthew chapter 1, and she says, I can't pronounce this. I can't pronounce these names. And I re- was reminded that it's the genealogy, and that's hard to read. I said, why don't you start at verse 18? And then it gets into the, the, the part that you and I like better. But in that genealogy of 17 verses and all of those names, there are all sorts of characters, you all. There are people in there that are exemplary, and there are people in there that are shameful. There are men and women, important people, people we don't know anything about. We're like, why'd they even make it? We can't even look them up. We don't even know anything about them. The Bible tries to show us that Christmas is for all the people. If we stay here in Luke... In the birth passages, Luke 1 and 2, you've got politicians, you've got kings, you've got shepherds, you've got status and no status, significance and insignificance. If you go to Matthew 1 and 2, it tells us the same thing. It's got wise men, magi, prophets, carpenters, lowly people. You get in past the birth narratives and you get into the life of Jesus and you see all sorts of things. You got wealthy people. The Bible often talks about tax collectors, publicans, Jesus dealing with them. We see some of them repent and trust in God. The Bible often introduces us to adulterers and how Jesus interacts with them. The Bible often points us to demon-possessed people that seem to be way out there as far as uh, socially. Jesus interacts with them. The Bible gives us several passages where children are in the way. The Bible tells us Jesus interacts with them. The Bible is showing us that Jesus is for all people, but for some reason, you and I will often back away from that. Drift, that's a good word for us, drift in our thinking for that, and we will, we, will, we will see people as maybe not for Jesus. But Christmas reminds us tonight that it is for all the people. This past year, we started a new thing at our church where we read the same psalm every Sunday morning for a call to worship for six months. That way we'll all memorize it. Here tonight, there are lots of people that have memorized Psalm 100 because from January to June, every Sunday, roughly 26 Sundays, we read Psalm 100 together and got that memorized. Then when July started, we switched over to Psalm 23. And for the last six months, every Sunday, we would read Psalm 23. Tomorrow will be the final time that we read Psalm 23 for a call to worship. Tomorrow is the final Sunday of 2022. And we will wrap up Psalm 23 and hopefully, our church has people with Psalm 100 memorized and Psalm 23 memorized but the next Sunday January the 1st we will switch into our next one which will be Psalm 67 and we are going to memorize as a church Psalm 67 and listen to what it says may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth your saving power among all nations Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. 
God is for all people and Jesus is for all people. And tonight we need to be reminded that that means that it's for us. That means that Christmas is for you. And I hope that here tonight on Christmas Eve, while while you're attending a church service, that you're able to get your heart to the place where you say, Christ is not only a Savior or the Savior, but he is my Savior. Because when the Bible announces that Christ came to be the Savior for all people, that means he can be the Savior for you. From there, I want us to kind of build out a little bit. When this cold weather hit, for some of us, our thoughts immediately went to the homeless people that we know around here. There are homeless people around us a lot, and you know that. You see them. I think there's some survival tactics to make it through 40-degree and 30-degree weather, but my phone told me it was negative 26 yesterday, wind chill. I don't think they could make it through that. I don't know if they did make it through that. But I know the Bible tells me that Christ came for them. The attendance at Fairdale High School down the street has been growing for the past several years as the school continues to improve. And this year, there are over 1,400 students at that high school right there. 1,400. 1,400 students that attend a school a block down the road from our church. And Christmas reminds us that Jesus the Savior is for each of those students too. We need to feel that. We need to wonder about how they feel about that. We need to figure out efforts to help them come to know that. Jesus is for all the people. This past Wednesday and this coming Wednesday, our church was out working for our food pantry, which during COVID has exploded. This past Wednesday, we served nearly 300 households. That's what we do about every week. On our list of people that come regularly, there are now over 1,200 households that see it important for them to stop by on a Wednesday afternoon to get a bag of potatoes, some canned goods, some mac and cheese, some cabbage, some onions. This Christmas passage reminds us that The good news of great joy of the Savior coming is for them. There are a lot of people in this world. Just about a month ago, November the 15th, I hope you heard this. Just about a month ago, November the 15th, for the first time in the history of the world, the world population hit 8 billion. 8 billion people in the world. I I hope you heard that. And with there being 8 billion people in the world, that is a lot. But that is just right now. Doesn't even factor in how many people there have been throughout the history of the world. But this passage tells us that Christ the Savior came for them, for all people. At our student ministry on Wednesday nights, which is really good, and we are thankful for that, and we're really thankful for the people that work with it. On Wednesday nights, they they emphasize a people group in the world, somewhere in the world, that is, is, is not as reached as America is. Places that haven't heard of Christ, places that don't have the Bible, places that don't have churches. And they each, each, each Wednesday night, they will share a people group to pray about and just put it on the radar of our students 
And I think just a few weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, it was the Somali people. People from Somalia. And they are reminded how few Christians and believers there are in Somalia. And I had one of our students come to me afterward and say, in student ministry they told us Somali people are unreached. There's not a lot of workers there pointing them to Christ. There aren't a lot of Christians in Somalia. And then that student said, there are a lot of Somali people in my school. And if nobody's going to tell them there, maybe we can tell them here. Y'all, that's the way we think. That's what this passage wants us to feel. It's a Christmas passage. And I'm ready to get to Christmas presents too. But the announcement in the night sky to the humble, lowly shepherds said that it's for all people. There are a lot of good themes at Christmas. Peace, love, joy. We share those all the time. Giving, that's a good one. I heard somebody say today, the reason why we give gifts is because God already gave the greatest gift. I like that approach. I'm okay with that. Now, if you're more on getting gifts, don't know what they say about that. But if you're thinking about giving gifts, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. There's a lot that comes to mind during Christmas. But the emphasis of this announcement is that the Savior is here. The Savior has come. And he is for all people. But there's a tendency for it to kind of stop there. And for us to just think then that he's like a, a ticket. Or that this Savior is just like a, a hand-me-out. And if you've ever been to the state fair where everywhere you go people are handing out things. Usually after that booth there's a trail of the things that have just been handed out all over the floor. They hand you something, you look at it as you're going, and then I hope you have enough sense to throw it in the trash, but a lot of people don't. This is not what it means when the Bible says that Christ, the Savior, is for all people. The message unfolds that this baby born in the manger, the Savior of the world, for good news of great joy for all people, grows up, loves well, serves well, teaches well. The greatest teacher the world's ever known. And then they crucified him. They nailed him on the cross. When this announcement is made in the night sky that he's the savior of the world, the story of the cross is absolutely fully in view. He came into the world to be a savior. And the only way to be a savior is for sin to be dealt with. And the only way for sin to be dealt with is for it to be punished. And so God, in his tender mercy, punished his son instead of us. 
And so whoever will believe that, embrace that, accept that, receive that, go and get that, grab hold of that, and say the good news and the great joy that's for everybody is definitely for me. I need that. Those are the people that get the Savior. Obviously, not everybody wants the Savior. We know that. Obviously, the Savior is not accepted by everyone. Obviously, not everybody's receiving Him. But that should not change that you and I view these people the way God informs us to. May we not be people that look around and see others and think, Nah, it's not for them. Christ ain't for them. Christianity's not for them. Jesus is not for them. Church is not for them. May the Christmas story and the climax here of this incredible announcement bring us back that he is a savior available for all people. May our lives demonstrate that we have turned from our sins and trusted in Christ, who after dying on the cross was buried in the grave and rose again, and he lives. May we be those who understand that the very Savior that we're trusting in can be the Savior for anybody else who will trust in Him. And may our lives and may our love compel others to trust in Him. May our lack of being judgmental open up people to trust in Him. May our representation of Christ our King in our Christianity point people to trust in Him, knowing that He is for them. Don't miss that in the Christmas story are these four words for all the people. And as we embrace that he's for us, may we live like he's for them. As we embrace that he's our savior, may we believe that he can be your savior. May we believe that he can be their savior. All month long, my family's been doing an Advent devotional in the evenings. And this is the first year that we've not used kids' Bibles for our little ones. All month long, we've been using the Bible like this and reading through it. That's a good thing. We didn't use kids' Bible this year. But there's a passage in the Jesus Storybook Bible for kids where Jesus is calling his disciples. And the question is asked in there, well, who, who did he choose? When Jesus was looking around through all the people and trying to decide, who's he going to choose? If you don't know the heart of God, you would think he started looking for the good ones. If you don't know the heart of God, you'd start thinking he was looking for the religious ones. If you don't know the heart of God, the Christmas story, you'd start thinking he was looking for the pretty ones or the smart ones or the rich ones. In the Bible, Jesus story, but the Bible says all of that. But the Jesus Storybook Bible tells us, no. He started looking for the ones who know 
that they need him the most. The ones who know that they need him the most. Folks, Christmas is for all the people. And it's received by the ones who need him. If you're here tonight, would you recognize that you need a savior? And would you believe that the baby at Christmas who rose from the grave and reigns now as the king over it all can be your savior? Would you believe in him? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the good news of great joy for all the people. God, we pray that you would grow our heart, that we would be seeing all people as needing a savior and having a Savior available for them in Christ. God, make us witnesses to that. Make us loving in that. But Father, before we look elsewhere, may we, Father, before we look elsewhere, may we first know that we need a Savior. May we know that Christ died for our sins. May we confess our sins, repent of our sins, and trust in Christ. Thank you, God, this Christmas Eve. For the Savior that came, Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name we pray, amen.